Hi, welcome to Freshly Squeezed Media, and you're listening to Having a Coffee With. In this podcast, we explore talking to people on a different level, getting to know them and their business or their personality or their person. Hope you enjoy this podcast, and welcome and join in and listen to Having a Coffee With. Hi, good day, everyone. Welcome to the Freshly Squeezed Media podcast. Today we're out and about, we're out in the studio again, and we're in the centre of Cardiff, in a Portuguese restaurant, uh, famous for its um, Portuguese custard tarts, very good friends of ours that we've known for a few years, and they're expanding nicely, and today we've brought into the, well, out of the studio, we are going to talk to someone who's less well-known to you, but well-known in the South Wales area, uh, it's Mr. Jacob, Jake the Soul Chef Anthony. Welcome, Jake. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Bray. Good morning. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lovely little place. That's actually, I, I love the, um, I love how it's grown from where it, you know, like a really small roots thing to yeah. you know over in spot to almost dominating Cardiff. To be honest, absolutely. So and there's a call for for little yeah. um, niche product exactly. restaurants and cafes, isn't it? Yeah, so sort of back to the. Um, what, 1960s? You know, I'm going back to a time yeah. when I was born. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where little little um, Italian restaurants, little coffee shops. Exactly. Were, yeah, were I mean, things. It's, it's, um, you know, it's uh, it's just really interesting, and I think South Wales is really good for that because when we, um, because you know the the whole uh, when you had the coal mines that kind of thing, um, the Italians came over and they started. Um, Something called the the Brachis. Basically, they wanted to create a little piece of Italy in the okay. valleys. Yeah, yeah, and, they did. Um, and before your Starbucks, your Costas, they had um, proper Italian coffee just sprouting up all over the valleys then as well. But um, yeah, you know, it's been um, it's so, really interesting. So yeah, I need to interrupt you there because um, yeah, you're not from Cardiff, are you? No, no. I'm from Ponty. Uh, well, I'm originally from Pontypridd. Um, but I was born in Roos, actually. Uh, moved up to uh, moved up to uh, uh, Pontfree then, and um, and I now live in Cardiff at this moment in time. Um, but I'm possibly going to be relocating. But you know, it's um, I think where I first met you though was about eight years ago. No. To the day in Cardiff. Well, I think it was in Cardiff. Well, we were event. both younger men then. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Eight years. Yeah, I've to got slightly day. less. Uh, oh my god. Less years then. <laughs> oh come on. I mean, do you know what? Do you know, listeners, if you could see Jake now, you know he, the, the man has made such a transformation over the last six months. Yeah. In in his personal outlook, his personal life as well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a fan. You know, I'm I'm really grateful and glad that he's taken the time. To come and sit with it because I'm amazed at the transformation yeah. you've made of yourself over the and last I think six it's months. really important then as well to be open about um, about the things, especially as a bloke, then as well, because we don't talk about this kind of thing enough. Um, you know, and I'm really glad that these things. What, transformations? Come, transformations, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I've got my tablet. Well, we've been accused of that of a few times. Haven't we? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's um, not yeah. hanging around telephone boxes, listeners. <laughs> exactly. But no, it's. Um, I think it's really important to sometimes take stock of where you are and go right. Okay, uh, second, something needs to change. 
Um, I think it was Einstein that said if you keep doing the same thing, three insanities, doing the same thing over and over and again, expecting different results. And, you know, it, it's, yeah, I just felt like basically that I wasn't in a good place. And to be honest, I wasn't a good represent, I wasn't a good, a good role model for my daughter. I felt at that time. Um, but now, I'm looking back. I'm glad that I went through that, so that I can I can support other people going through that. Well. And is that your future intention? Is is you know we, we always talk about helping others. And, yeah. Um, I mean, not just as personally, but yeah, the world at large. You know, every everybody seems to want to make a difference, but never yeah. never really achieve that themselves. And I believe you you want to. You have done. And I mean, you've, yeah. you've made a positive impact on your daughter. You yeah, know, exactly. Even if it's just um, sort of them seeing you going through it, then basically is and coming coming back come back on the other side then I think that will inspire them. Um, you know, to, to think well I would hope that would inspire them. Maybe not maybe not talk it's not always about talking, sometimes it's about doing them as well and showing um, them as well, um, and you know, just being from what I've learned, sort of um, uh, basically about being transparent, then as well, because um, it's just not worth hiding these things. So, for example, if you've got if you've got mental health issues, that kind of thing, it is not worth hiding and uh, these things. Absolutely, I totally agree with you, and. and Currently, um, you know, I, I'd like to add in here if the listeners are interested. Uh, I've recently become a Time to Change Wales champion, yeah. which is a campaign about mental health issues in South Wales. Well, not South Wales, Wales. Yeah. Um, and I work with a wellbeing company over in Bristol, uh, offering the same thing. And it, lately, yeah. um, and you're absolutely right, men talking about their mental health is, yeah. is very much been um a, a sideline issue you know when when, when a man yeah. has gone to another man and said you know i'd like to talk yeah if you've got a few minutes and they yeah let's go down to pen point and we talk about exactly. it watch a football that's exactly in this do you know what i really love as well as you uh, is we've both taken bad situations um and which we both trying now to turn them into a into a positive basically and, and i think that's the way to go the way to deal with these things is is to go right. Okay, yeah, that wasn't so great. Um, I can only speak for myself personally, but I I went through something over the past six, or well, the past two and a half, three years, uh, basically, where um, I wouldn't wish it on anyone else. That kind of thing. But I'm. Looking back now, I'm glad I went through it because I can help someone someone else. Then, um, who's going through? It, I can say right, okay. Um, I'll be honest. I went through a, uh, through a divorce. Probably the, one of the easiest divorces I've I've ever seen. That kind of thing. But I think it was the separ- um, the, the separation from my daughter that sort of uh, knocked me more than anything. And. Mm-hmm. I just want to put it out that the divorce or separation isn't a failure at the end of the day. 
then as well. It's 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 just a change of status, then basically. That's all for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, you know, let, let's not um, yeah. dismiss that there, there are other reasons. Yeah, that people do get divorced. You know, they're, yeah, exactly. They're, you know, we we can't dismiss there's abuse. Um, yes. You know, uh, so you know, for the listeners who yeah who are likely to comment, you know, to say you know, divorce is an ugly thing. Yeah, but divorce can also be a, a positive thing for both parties. Yeah, and, 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 just, and as you say, for the sake of the children, you know, a lot of people yeah. stay together for the sake of the children, and, and yeah. the relationship does yeah. get. But you, you obviously taken. Yeah, you know, a, a, both of you have taken a positive stance on this and said. Well, I, I personally think this may, this might sound a little controversial, but divorce is as is as, as an ugly thing as you want to make it. Basically, absolutely, okay. yeah. Um, because you can, we have a choice how we, how we want to react to things in life. Uh, react to risk, whether we want to react to say, sorry, then uh, or respond to things. Um, and I think response is a more measured approach than where you think you do have a choice. Okay, I'm going to choose to deal with this in a certain way. And again, we have that in business then as well coming back to the yeah. business choose thing, to, choose to um, act in a certain way because entrepreneurship is a um, can be a very lonely place I think and if you're trying to do that whilst going through other trying to run a business whilst going through other stuff then I think the only way that you can uh, really work really sort of um, Get through it is by letting people in or having a, a tight circle. Mm. Um, I think the um, the business side of things, and there, there are strains on both. There, there are strains course, stresses yeah. in business. Yeah. There are strains and stresses on relationships. Yeah. And when you get the bo- both, excuse me, when you get the yeah. both combined together, yeah. a, a strained relationship and a strained business, yeah. you know, that affects that one person. Um, yeah. Capabilities, exactly. Um, the the judgment, yeah, or can do. That, yeah. that there are people who can sail through it, and, yeah. you know, and I, I put my hands up to them and say, "Well done." Yeah. But there are, pe- but we can't dismiss the fact that the the strains and stresses of running a business, yeah, combined, and then there are no, you know, I'm not advocating that. Mm. Um, Divorce is like a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At no, all. no, no, not at all. Um, but but mentally, there are um, considerations that you yeah. have to take into account. Yeah. That hang on, I'm responsible for a family here. Yeah. I'm, I'm responsible for providing for a family. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm responsible for any staff I've got working for me in my yeah. business. Exactly. Yeah, I went through that, that very same thing. I mean, six months. Um, I mean. Just a couple of months ago, um, I would—I'll be honest. I'll put my hand up, and um, I was my business struggled basically um, because of me. Um, just overwhelmed, thinking I'm not good enough, feeling guilty that uh, that I wasn't provided for my daughter, that kind of thing. And what happened was it's no, it's no point then basically, and. I'm going to talk to you now about something that I haven't, I've, I've not spoken. Um, right? 
Sorry, I'm whispering to Jake now. Yeah, so basically I'm going to talk to you something about okay. something now that um, I probably haven't spoken to uh, about openly. Only as long as you're comfortable with it, I don't want you to... Do you know what? Yeah, I'd rather, I would rather get it out there. there, basically. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I was running a bakery on my own, from home. And, um, yeah, I was... Uh, I was delivering uh, delivering bread nationally, and um, do you know what? My, I, I'll be honest. The marketing was was sort of uh, was was really on point. It was just myself when they came to film fulfilling orders. Then, because of the overwhelm from uh, from um, of my financial situation, that kind of thing, um, uh, and sort of. Uh, pressures from the well, not necessarily pressures coming from the family, but pressures that I put on myself. Then, basically, as a bloke wanting to provide for his daughter, uh, that kind of thing, not wanting to look like a failure, I basically wasn't had, I wasn't fulfilling, uh, uh, wasn't fulfilling the orders. That kind of thing, and, and um, you know what, it's. I just wasn't being honest with myself, and, and in turn, then I, I stopped being honest with my, with my customers, and I think I'm I am ashamed of that, basically. But but you, you suffered know, the consequences of yeah. that with um, yeah. the thanks to um, the TripAdvisor style of reviews. Yeah, that you you suffered the the strains and stresses of the, the reviews and yeah. the responses you were getting. Yeah due to your, and you were very conscious of the fact that you weren't responding to your, your customers, your customer orders as such. Yeah. Uh, and I witnessed some of those responses and I have to be fair to you that you responded. Yeah. Uh, you didn't hide as, yeah. as most companies do. You didn't, or you didn't respond negatively as, as some yeah. uh, businesses are lately yeah. to, to any criticisms. You, you came out and you responded positively. Because it was my fault at the end. It was, it was, if you put your I hands up, common, yeah. you came out, you put your you know, yeah, was, you know, hats off to you for that, Jake. Yeah, I was the common denominator in all, all of this, and I had to take responsibility and respond, um, not react then to, to it as such. And you know what? Um, I apologize personally to every, to every one of those customers, and then it's sort of. But until you take your head out of the sand, you can't do anything. Um, you know, it's it's very difficult to sort of get that dealt with. Then. And, and did uh, you? Um, what did you take away from that as a as a as a learning experience that you can share with other people, some other listeners? Right. I would say always be first of all be honest with yourself and look at. Look at, say for example, if you're running a business, always run your, run your business past the uh, worst case scenario test. Basically, what, um, um, you know, for example, what is the, what happens in, you know, if you had a worst case scenario that, you know, that your business can no longer rely on you, that kind of thing, mentally, first of all. Mm -hmm. And take it back down to that, and to sort of take the pressure off yourself. First of all, maybe outsource some stuff. That kind of thing. Don't do it all yourself. Um, 
build a team around you. Um, there's a, there's a, a, a great argument lately um, about outsourcing, yeah. and the, the, the beauty about some of this is about outsourcing yeah. is that you don't have to actually take on the staff yourself. No. There are plenty of small businesses out there that yeah. do the things that we don't do. Yeah. We weren't born bookkeepers, were we? No, exactly. We weren't born accountants. No, exactly. So there are people out there that do this. And well, that's yes, they create as a support, a natural support network anyway. So, for example, I mean, there's a great, there's a, there's a real reason why people like going to work as opposed to being self-employed because they've got that support network around yeah, absolutely, them. Yeah. And, and if you can find that, you can find a way of doing that then not only does it give you support network, it holds you accountable then as, as well, but the biggest thing is being honest with yourself and then being honest with the people, the people around you. Be honest with your customers, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. As, as soon as you're honest with to your customers yeah. and tell them what's happening yeah they're they're more than happy to stick with you yeah exactly you know they, they, this guy you know he's been honest with me you know yeah. I, i'm happy to wait an, another week for my product yeah. because the guys let me know yeah so you know take some credit for what you know yeah part of your learning experience but take some credit from what you've learned yeah uh, and how you responded yeah. to that mistake with I think it's fantastic on your yeah. part. And do you know what? I could have not mentioned that on this on this podcast, but I just thought you've got an opportunity here, mate, to have um, to myself then. Um, you know, talking to the voices and stuff, um, but you've got an opportunity to just lay it all up, lay all your cards on the table, basically, and say, right, okay, this, um, you know, this is how I dealt with. Um, uh, the aftermath of everything that, that went on, you know, in that um, just being honest with the customers and, you know, and this is, I mean, I'm going to take a photograph later and put it up on the podcast because yeah. this has led to your transformation. Yeah. So it, you know, it's that experience has, has changed yeah. you. Yeah. It's, it's changed your persona. It's changed your physical appearance. Yeah. And if I'd not taken the if I'd not sort of well, I felt well. I, I kind of felt like I was falling on my sword when I was going through that process. And if I hadn't fallen, if I got defensive and not fallen on my sword, as um, the same goes, then I wouldn't have made the transformation, the, the changes as quickly as I had. Um, no, I wouldn't have made that. Wouldn't have made the decision to make uh, to make the changes so quickly, and it would have dragged it out. And probably, probably done more damage mentally than myself. It was hard, real hard, because I was really conscious of, um, you know, my family seeing the reviews I was having, that kind of thing, and, and I was thinking I can't embarrass them any long, longer than as well. By do, uh, by it's very by, much a pride thing, isn't it? Oh yeah, um, a pride. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, um, but pride is. Huge Absolutely, and they, you know, and I hope the listeners appreciate this. That yeah. Whatever they're going through in their lives, yeah, you know, please talk to somebody. Yeah, um, whether That's it's a the, friend or the a relative. The way it's talk. Absolutely, you know, but obviously we're doing an interview situation here. Yeah, but 
there are people out there with issues that we both know about. Yeah. People we know. Yeah. Ourselves going through it, and half, and half the battle in business. Yeah. And in life. Yeah. Is getting someone to list just listen, not say yeah. anything. Yeah. Not respond. Not give advice. Yeah. But just listen. Yeah. And that can be the the biggest part of the healing process. Yeah. Because it's somebody, meant we want to fix things. We but, do. You yeah. know, and you, sometimes um, sometimes the, the only person who can fix that thing is the person who's got the problem. But they need to talk it through. They need to get it out of their head, get it out verbally, and they then fix the problem themselves, which is, I think, it's more powerful and, and, and sort of um, less emasculating, shall we say. Well, it is. Um, and, um, and, it, and, and for men, it, it gets back yeah. to that, oh, look, they've scored, they've got, what, what did you say? Because they haven't listened. Yeah. And that person, and, you know, I'll use you as an example of that, of what you've just said. Yeah. Still holds that, yeah. that burden of yeah. guilt. Pride yeah. or whatever they're going through at that moment in time. Yeah. So, so all I wanted to do was talk to somebody. Yeah. And that person hasn't listened. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, and I can't stress word yeah. <laughs> use an operative word. Yeah. Um, but how important it is that if somebody wants to talk, yeah. Just listen. Yeah. Don't do anything. Yeah. Don't go. Oh, I'll fix that for you. I'll take take it off you because yeah. That and you know, one of the other things is someone saying, "I'm really worried about you." Yeah. Why are you worried about me? Okay. You know. Yeah. I'll be worried about me. Yeah. That you're you know, you're you're putting more stress on me because you're worried about me. Yeah. So now I'm worrying about you. Worrying about me. Yes, and I've seen that before. Then yeah. as well. In the, uh, you know, it's um, it's an interesting one. Thing is, so as well, we all have um, the the solution in ourselves. We just need, we just sometimes need someone to draw it out of us, so we can, you know, by listening them as well. Yeah. Um, Without doubt. And uh, you know, Brian and another a mutual friend of ours, Nicola, were absolutely key, to be honest, in uh, in helping me do that because I just went, Blair, this is what happened. And sometimes just having one or two words from them will change your perception about about um, that situation in an instant. Um, you know, it, it's because we build, we build the problem so much in our head. Uh, but until until you um, until you actually verbalise it, then as well, and then yeah, just left and just having this conversation now, knowing this is going to go out um, in the public is is taking a weight um, an extra weight off then as well because it's you know. I don't. I don't condone what I did at the time, that kind of thing. But if I can turn that into a positive and say, right, please don't do the thing that I don't do the thing that I did, although it's so tempting, and it seems easy at the time, 
it's inevitable that Bites someone, you. yeah, it's inevitable that someone will, yeah, do, and I, I think that we have to experience these things ourselves. Yeah, um, I'm actually going through a time in my business where I have lots of knowledge. Yeah, already mm. about potential pitfalls. Yeah, and I know how to avoid them. Yeah, but I've set myself the goal that I must experience them. Yeah, to know what it feels like right now. You hit the nail on the head there as well because I went through, um, basically, I went through quite a lot of financial hardship when I left when I left um, my family, and it has been the best gift for me that anyone could have dealt. Um, um, the best set, of, you know, hand of cards that anyone could have dealt me um, moving forward because. Um, because it's taught me how to how to survive, basically on, on almost in it. Because then when I go into a, when sort of uh, when my finances take an upturn, then, which they are uh, starting to do through hard work and things like that, I now know that I can you know strip it all away again and I can survive. Um, and. You don't know how much you can do until you're really tested, really. Oh, absolutely, yeah. and the, you know, until you really, and that is the true test. Yeah. Um, however, there is a huge, and we're talking about mental health again. Yeah. There's a huge amount of stigma and discrimination. Yeah. Attached to the things we go through, the things yeah. you've been through. Yeah. Um, it, if I can touch on. Um, a part of you, if you, a personal part of you, if yeah. you don't mind sharing, yeah. is that I'm an open book. You, um, you have a disability. Yeah. And it's a, it's not visible. It's no. not. It's a hidden disability. Yeah. So for the listeners uh, who don't know about hidden disabilities, it's someone that we would walk past in the street. Yeah. That looks physically able. Yeah. And we don't necessarily know what they're going through or yeah. what their disability is. And, and yeah. Jake has a particular disability. And if you'd like to tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so I've got cerebellar ataxia, um, which basically it affects the, the cerebellum. And what it does is it, um, it affects my balance, my hand-to-eye -to coordination then as well. And sometimes um, the speed with which I process certain, certain uh, thought processes and, the way I speak then, basically. So, um, imagine like a speed limiter then, on, mm -hmm. a, on a car or oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. Um, cruise control. Cruise control, <laughs> yeah. I like that one, actually. I could be thinking something like, really, really quickly, but it's, I have to analyse then, how it's coming up on my mouth, then the, picking the right words, that kind of thing. So you're, you're, you're your own filter, really? Yes. In a way. Yeah. Really frustrating when you get into an <laughs> argument with me because that's um, my. Uh, as, um, Your processing power is. Yeah, I'm just like. Because I, I automatically try and think of the most accurate word to okay. describe something. Yeah. Um, but also then as well, I can look a bit. Oh, you know. I said, you know what? It's probably the, the worst thing to have as a chef as well. But, um, but nobody told me. The, the ambition part of my brain to do uh, about that because 
you know, I just found another way to do some uh, to do the things that chefs do all, all the time. So, so we're taking comedic volume, value out of this now. Yeah, you know. exactly. So we're, we're waiting for you to bring food to the path. Exactly. And your, yeah. And your processing power is going, hang on, I'm still on the preparation it, stage. Yeah. No, it's, it's more like, um, for example, um, chefs would go, uh, look at me when I'm sort of uh, mixing stuff in a bowl. Tilt, tilt, tilt their head, like a, you know, like the dog who they see, they see it in a, a weird tavern. If you're like, why are you doing it that way? And I'm, I'm like, my brain doesn't know what to do any other way. Right. That kind of thing. And it's been really funny sometimes. So, for example, I, I've, uh, I'll give you a little, uh, uh, little story. I'm about six. Imagine me. I'm about six foot three, curly, uh, mop of hair, right? Black and um, head to toe in chaps white. Christine Chaps White in the Hilton, right? And I've got a bamery full of, oh, you know, those old hotel pants full of gravy. And um, I basically, uh, I was doing a staff, staff sort of, um, I was working in the staff canteen and I literally dropped a pan of um, gravy on the floor and I it went all over my body and I looked like a Dalmatian. To be honest, so yeah, I can so, imagine it. Yeah, a yeah. six foot four Dalmatian. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, not even on his hind legs. Like no, that. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but no. So um, I'll, I'll leave you just with that thought there. Great image, Jake. Yeah. Great image. I'm left with now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'll so, dream tonight. Yeah, exactly. But it's um, yeah, it's and it's just been up about overcoming and finding different ways, different ways of doing things. All basically, with regards to that. You're listening to Freshly Squeezed Media podcast, and we are here out of the studio again with Jacob, Jake, the soul chef Anthony, um, regaling us about um, looking like a Dalmatian. <laughs> it's very Alan Partridge, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Tell, us, tell us more about you looking like a Dalmatian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was just one of the um, one of the awkward things I did. The other one was um, the way the other way that um, the disability affects me. That, that I mentioned was um, which is ataxic cerebral palsy. Is my spatial awareness right? And um, basically, I trip over blades of grass, that kind of thing, and. Um, Another really story from the from the uh, the kitchens, basically was that. Um, but they had grass in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to leave that one oh, where, yeah. where it is. Yeah. Um, basically. Okay. Uh, yeah. um, I used to work on the, the banqueting team, and we had a rugby team in a quite a well-known rugby team uh, with the Barbarians. Um, I think it was just after the the World Cup, the rugby World Cup, when it was in Wales. And, and um, so I came out of one of the lifts. There was a working lunch going on, so I put the, uh, went to the table that was opposite the lift, surrounded by rugby players, right? And um, put the food down on the table, stepped back, tripped over a rugby player, looked up, and he was Lawrence Delario. And he literally said to me, All right, bitch, trying to tackle me. And um, I apologise for the rubbish English accent. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Delalio, Mr. Delalio. And um, one of my favourite, he, um, one, of, one, of my, one of my rugby heroes that grew up, um, well, used to play where I grew up, then 
world famous rugby player um, was Neil Jenkins. Mm -hmm. And guess who should be there right in front, right in front of him? This little short ginger bloke. Neil with Jenkins. A hell of a boot, yeah. basically. <laughs> and I was, I was like, oh my god! I just wanted the whole thing, the whole floor to swallow me. So I just literally moonwalked back into the lift and just thought, I've got to forget this day for the rest of my life. I oh, I'd like take the thing from that. Neil, yeah. Neil Jenkins probably went, the only bloke that brought Lawrence Delalio down exactly. <laughs> during that yeah. World Cup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so I, there's, I always look, like to look at the funny side of things and, and the positive side of things. Without, um, without this disability, which I... I mean, it's, it's something that I that I live with. I have a different ability then. I would I would say, um, without that, I wouldn't have had that experience. Yeah. I would have just walked past Lawrence and Ali and probably not noticed him that kind of thing. And, and absolutely, no. And uh, great story. Not tripped over anybody <laughs> or anything like that. Um, and, uh, well, I got done very well in Wales, wasn't it? That one. That exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tackling the biggest man in the English rugby, probably. But uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so it, it's um, I just love stories like that as well. Where, where um, you know those, it's you know what I think the universe give um, or whoever's up above gives us things that we can that it knows we can handle as well. So um, how did you get the nickname, the handle, yeah, the Soul Chef? Not for tripping the longs the lally. No, exactly. I think That's it was, the asshole chef. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think it was simply because because of the fact that I, I love I love soul and soul as in soul music. Yeah, so, sorry, yeah. not not That's okay. Um, yeah, but um, I know what you meant. I just went with the listeners. Yeah, you know, I'm a Sam Cooke kind of guy. I love the lyrics, that kind of thing, and um, you know Marvin Gaye, and I feel that. Um, I feel like when you're cooking, if you really put everything into it, then uh, you know that you put your soul into it, it comes out. So and from you, your, yeah, so basically from there, all the way down yeah. your arms into your. So basically, what um, the way the way I look at it is, is I play music when I'm cooking, play music, and it literally goes from through my ears into my mind down into my heart and out through my hands into the food I'm cooking. That sounds really soppy, but that's the way it feels when I'm doing it. So for example, you know, uh, I I feel a vibe from the music, like the old school um, Sam Cooks and the Marvin Gaye's, the uh, Bill Withers, that kind of thing. Then, and it's just a feel good vibe that creates this homely sort of... So would you be feeling? playing yeah. Grandma's hands while you're kneading a loaf. Yes, actually, that is what it is. It is Grandma's okay. hands, um, basically. And uh, look it up, listeners. Grandma's hands by yes. Bill Withers. Yeah, Bill Withers, yeah. and you'll probably be know, you'll probably uh, find it familiar because it's um, the sample they use from uh, on, on No Dignity by Black Street. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, well done. Yeah. But yeah, bit so, of hip hop I coming mean, in there. Exactly, and you know Stevie Wonder's Pastime Paradise. Yeah, well. gangsters. Yeah, yeah um, the paradise. So uh, it's really interesting that came up with that song because not many people know. They know the two other, um, like Lean On Me and um, what's the other one he did? Um, it was really. Lovely Day. 
Yeah, lovely tea. Yeah. But it, that's a really sort of obscure one. Oh, Grandma, so, yeah, he's... Um, yeah. In, it's one of his concert favourites. Yeah, Bill Withers. Yeah. yeah. This is for another podcast, listeners. We can yeah. talk about music, yeah. uh, which is Jake and I's passion. Yeah, I love singing that actually. That, that yeah, yeah. Song, so um, we won't do that this time. But Jake has no. got a wonderful singing voice. He's, um, <laughs> I've got very, a cold now. But very, very operatic. We've heard him sing, um, yeah. and hence you know the name, the Soul Chef. He's got yeah, you know that moniker. And there's a video on YouTube. Yeah. Of is it Sam Cook? And so. the, the video of you going through the process of making oh, yes. a loaf of bread? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, yeah. Uh, remind us what the soundtrack is when, when you're describing how, the, 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 how it comes out of your ears into your hands, the baking. Don't worry, it's, it's on YouTube, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. So, what should we look at for YouTube for the video? We have a soul chef. Look up the soul chef on YouTube. Yeah. And look at one of the videos, and you'll see Jake. Yeah, she's showing you how to probably does his baking. Yeah, a really good video. And do you know what? This is really this interview was actually really inspired me to do something. Maybe a camp podcast on about sort of soul and food, that kind of thing. We're talking about food and, and, and soul music. Yeah, and yeah. Basically, speaking to people in their own kitchen, you know, what they're passionate about that kind of thing. Because I think food is a conduit for um, for memories. That's one of the things I, I love about it. it. You know, it, create, it creates a conversation. I mean, look at us now. We're, we're sitting here. We've had a couple of the, um, pastel donatas between us. Yes. Yeah. Great for the memory, basically. And it's really good for mental health. Cool. Okay, this is a new segment of the podcast. Um, yeah. Inspired by the Soul Chef. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which will feature in future broadcasts. Yeah. As um, we might make it a playlist eventually if we get enough yeah. tracks on our on our on my Spotify playlist, yeah. the freshly squeezed media Spotify playlist. Should be that better. That should be idea, quite yeah. a, quite a, eclectic, I reckon. Yeah. So we're going to ask you, and um, we're going to ask future interviewees, interviewers. Yeah. What's the first record you ever bought? First record I ever bought, and I can remember exactly where I was, what I was doing was um, um, I was doing one of my, well, basically I was working abroad, um, um, actually with the armed forces, actually um, as a city chef, and I bought um, Ocean Drive by Lighthouse Family. Great song. Yeah, great. And song. I actually bought it. With a stereo, with a, a mini hi fi then as well at the same time. Did I you? Thought, you had nothing to play her on. I, I thought, yeah, I thought, right, I want that, but I need to play, I need to play, I need something to play it on. So, uh, well done. So, yeah, yeah, that's unique. So, uh, our very first, yeah, what record did you buy? Yeah. Comes a company by a visit to Curry's as well to buy it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> a player to play it on. Actually, I think it was in Ryan Dallin. It was in Nappy and Ryan Dallin. That, um, but, in, um, okay. Do you know over in over in Germany it was um, NATO base, and um, I just thought, you know, it's one of those things I've always wanted. My first paycheck, then or first my my first sort of. Um, do you know? I, I like to do buy things that commemorate the first, like a first, then basically. Absolutely, the, I, I think um, all music, yeah, uh, invokes some sort of memory. Yeah. 
and it was a happy trigger. one as well. Yeah. You know, in, in, um, it was a really happy sort of uh, soundtrack to the summer then, mm -hmm. as such. Um, it was modern soul, I would call it then as well. And um, apparently, those guys are coming back up. Yeah, know. they're on tour. Yeah, yeah. So what a voice yeah, that guy has got as well. Um, and from that era, I think I've noticed this summer Omar is coming to Newport. Omar is amazing. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing him actually in the Mass Carnival in Car in Cooper's Field. Okay. Um, he was great, like uh, as well. But he was, um, yeah, he did Golden Brown. Um, did he? Wow. Good yes. version. Yeah. Okay. Very good version. We looked that up. Um, but he did it, it was live obviously, but it was just that feel again, isn't it? I think that's that's what soul gives you, is that it gives you with this warm feeling of, you know, it, it's it's not necessarily something that will get you up and really energise, but it'll give you that, like a vibe then. Good feeling. A really music, good feeling, it, yeah. yeah. And it's quite sort of, um, it's not relaxed enough that it's going to slow you down but it, yeah it's just happiness it's like a it's, it's like a well it's like a method it's like a milkshake then basically that, that's for your ears then you know I mean? and you're a type of person that i know i am yeah. depending on what mood you're in yeah. dictates what music you're going to play for the oh day. yes if i need lifting in actual fact on my um my morning playlist, every, I've got a Google Mini, and as soon as I can wake up in the morning, I have a bit of a wreath, I say, hello Google, and it starts playing Aretha Franklin, because I think what you listen to in the morning can really set your uh, set you up for the day. If the first thing you're listening to is, um, in the morning is, is, is news, or bad news, um, then I think you're almost setting yourself up then for the rest of the day. So if you wanted to, I think you need something sort of that relaxes you, gets you into a good fight for the rest of the day then. You know, yeah, I think that's another mental health tip then basically. Yeah. And just for the listeners, um, yeah. I'd just like to point out that there are the music players available as well. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to, I mean, you know, probably have Amazon Echoes and things like that, but, you know, just... Absolutely, yeah. The, the, yeah. Um, or even just doing on your... On, and what are you listening to currently? Um, Still in the soul? Yes, I would say um, James Morrison. I like, I quite like it then as well, uh, where people are doing acoustic covers of soul songs. I think there's, um, a, there's a good... The, the, the value of a good song is well yeah. written. Is one that you can strip down. Yes. Yeah. To its to its its base level. Yeah. And if a song plays well acoustically. Yeah. Then you know that the, the, the lyrics the lyrics then as well. Yeah. There's this um, my favourite song ever is a song called "A Change Is Gonna Come" by Sam Cooke. And I've never heard anyone um, do a, do it justice um, as a cover, but. There's a guy called Gavin Dubrow. Um, surname is D E G R A W, and he does the best cover I've ever heard of that song. It's probably the best cover I've ever heard of any song, to be honest. And, okay, so listen, uh, if you're looking at Gavin Dubrow, Gavin Dubrow, yeah. and um, a change is a change is going to come. 
And what does he is he country? So uh, no, he's American soul. He's, okay. uh, I'm sure my ignorance now. So I, yeah, you know, no, I'm a music fan, a, and I should be I should know better. But it's it's, it's not he's not one that's very well known. Um, I discovered on on YouTube, you know. Um, but yeah, he does he does a piano version of it, and uh, really stripped back, and it's just out of this world. And he also does. Uh, He's done a cover version of Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye, yeah. again on the piano. Okay. Um, but go, go and find him. Um, again, there's loads, there's loads, loads of ways you can find him, like YouTube. I, I discovered him and then went off to Spotify, YouTube Music, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's mind-blowing. That's all. Um, so are we likely really... to see you back in the kitchen at some stage? Yes. Yeah. No, you never keep a good chef down. Basically, so it, it's. Well, there's an admission. Yeah. You're a good chef. Yeah. Great. So it's and you never. Um, if you've got something, basically, that you was burning inside you, I think you've got it. It's going to want to come out at some point. Um, and you, you've got to do it. So. Whether that's as a business or whether that's just for fun, that kind of thing, it's it's like any. Uh, I think there was a, um, a Robert De Niro quote from a film called The The Intern, um, where basically he said that um, a good music good musician never retires; he just stops writing. Yeah, and Billy Joel admitted that yeah. when, when Billy Joel first retired, um, yeah. he hasn't retired from performing yeah because he does Madison Square Garden now yeah um, but his creativity dried up yeah and he, he was one of the first artists to admit that yeah that his writing ability had gone yeah um, that's until you find the, the next bit of it absolutely yeah and you know and hats off to him yeah for, for admitting that yeah um, you know big fan of his yeah and piano one is beautiful right? yeah and the entertainer you know the entertainer talking yeah. about less well-known songs yeah um you know, the entertainer it, it, yeah sums up people like you yeah uh, and myself you know and, yeah exactly you know, and, and where he he mentions you know yeah. in one of his lines that you you know you're in the bargain bin yeah you know one minute you're at the top of the charts then the next year in the bargain bin and i yeah. think that that sums up a lot of our conversation that we've had yeah. earlier on uh, about our personal lives and our business lives yeah whereas you know we're there one moment and yeah. forgotten the next and it's funny you should say that i was reading some um, reading something on um, in, a, in a newspaper on the train home last night about the goss brothers okay um, oh yeah look at matt yeah look at matt goss um they've not stopped producing music it's just um their time in the limelight, or um, their 15 minutes as, a, as uh, I think it was, was Andy Kaufman or, or um, who's the other the artist? Um, oh, that's gonna be the one who did the Marilyn Monroe thing. Their 15 minutes as past. Oh, the Andy as, Warhol. Thing. Andy Warhol, yeah. Warhol thing, right? Um, they, you know, they've uh, supposedly passed. Okay, I don't think it has. I think I think there's. They're just doing different things now. I mean, one of them is now acting, and he's doing really well in that set. I mean, but that creativity 
you're a creative person, it's always going to be there. I agree, and I, I think that, in, yeah. and in parallel, what we talked about earlier, and what you've just said about Luke and Matt Goss, yeah. is entirely true. That yeah. the, the path we start out on yeah. is not necessarily the path we stick to. No. Because, exactly. because of because of our successes yeah. along the way, yeah. other opportunities become available. Yeah. And once we start taking those opportunities, yeah. we don't realise where that path is going to take us. Yeah. It does take us off in different directions. Yeah. And it's up to that person yeah. to choose that direction. Yeah. And we sometimes land up unexpectedly in that it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. It can be dismal as well. It's the power of yes yeah. as well. Absolutely. But it also means that if it's a dismal experience, that we can retrace our steps back down the path and get back on the main one and say, right, that, that, yeah. was, that wasn't the path I, I wanted to go down. Yeah. So we start looking at these other opportunities that are, that are faced in front of us. Yeah. And, and some of them, which you've taken up yourself, yeah. are different opportunities, which has led to your transformation yeah. into where you are. And so let's talk about what's next for, for you in terms of, um, we talked about how you're going to help other food producers, how you'd like to yeah. help other food producers. Now. Yeah. Um, like, so artisan. So, so basically what I want to do is I want to take the, the experience of the, uh, that I've had over the past, uh, well, over my life, lifetime, but in particular this, this um, past three years then, um, and I want to help other food help food producers. I looked up back at the, um, the business I was running um, as a bakery, and I've gone right up to what did I do really well, and what are the pitfalls that I can I can help um, sort of um, other food producers um, not avoid because um, because that, that's probably not healthy either, but to teach them how to get out of them and basically like um, back so they, they don't have to experience yeah those nasty bits yeah basically yeah, yeah. um and i've i've realized that i'm my passion has always been, been about food okay talking about food talking about photographing it that kind of thing so i thought i'm thinking now basically that i can shed a bit of light on other food producers then basically and get them to sort of present themselves in the, the, the best light they possibly can and as well and get them selling more food basically because um, there are some people out there, some food producers are amazing at what they do but for whatever reason they don't they don't sort of and they're not able to sell, then sell that product then as well as well because someone else someone else could then basically and it is about it's it's not it's not about sort of um uh, putting them down as such but it's about realizing okay their expertise is how making that thing mm -hmm. my expert my expertise is about selling that thing getting it um, to market getting it to market yeah that kind of thing or um presenting it in the best way possible then that, that's 
um, aligns with what their customer needs. Let's touch on a subject that is in foremost, thanks to Mr. Attenborough, yeah. that is foremost on the, the global population's psyche at the moment. Yeah. It's all about packaging. Oh. So, and, and, and I think it's a subject, especially the small food producers yeah. are up against. Yeah. Um, I know in our business we're working towards um, getting rid of single-use plastic, yeah. um, compostable bags for yeah. our products, so um, compostable cups. Yeah. Now, you and I both know that the Wales in particular are not set up for composting yet no. because they haven't got the, the high energy, the high temperature no. disposal means yeah. um, and that's why people just put them in black bags. Yeah. So um, the, the move, and I don't think it's going to be in our lifetime, Yeah. when I say our, my lifetime, yeah. it's going to be the next generation, my grandchildren will be the, the pioneers of the, the, the recycling age. Yeah. Um, but, but packaging packaging is, is yeah is huge in the food industry right now. But the thing is you say that we recycled back in the eighties, we just weren't calling it recycling. If you remember the pop the old pop bottles, like the um, the corona pop bottles. Yeah, yeah, get we'd get deposits and they all they would do is wash them. The milk bottles you put you put your milk bottles back on uh, back on the doorstep and the the, um, the dairies would recycle them again. I think what we've done is we've gone. Um, we're overthinking the process, okay? Um, and we're thinking, you know, the, you've got um, certain coffee chains are asking you to put. Um, they're giving you discounts for sort of. Um, uh, bringing back in your, your own, uh, bringing your own cup in, basically. That, that's that's old. It's old school. I mean, well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, you know, I do come from that generation yeah. where um, reusing your own packaging yeah. was more a cost-effective thing. It was a money-saving thing yeah. rather than a. Yeah. Um, but what we didn't realize an environmental we didn't realize at the time it. It was that. Um, was the impact that these this faster service this, this you know these um, sort of uh, these polystyrene boxes and things like that. I used to go absolutely mad in my in my local bakery up in Pontypridd where they would I wanted a, um, I'd have a custard slice for example and they want they wanted to put it into a, a polystyrene tray and it's like but you've got paper bags there I'm I'm buying one of these. And when I'm going to eat it, I'm going to eat it now. Mm. Just put in the paper bag. And um, you know, the, the current statistics. You know, yeah. uh, you know, a small water bottle is going to take 450 years yeah. to um, degrade. And so that's out of our lifetime. When yeah. just we, you know, there's 1.5 billion bottles of water in circulation every day. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a, and then packaging again, it's um, huge consideration for a, a, a small food producer to, to think about well, because of the, yeah. the, the, the cost of this stuff anyway. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when I was baking, uh, when I was baking, um, 
Um, I, you know what? It was, it was um, when I was baking bread. I'd use the brown brown bags because I just didn't want to be responsible for um, you know for adding plastic. I was you know the ironic thing is. Um, you're making, you're making these foods that are supposed to be healthy, and then you're putting them in plastic, putting them in plastic, which are made right, made vitals, and um, and you're trying, you're trying to be sort of um, uh, trying to be healthy eating or trying to be conscientious of the planet by going organic. Yet you're then putting putting stuff in it in a absolutely in a plastic bag. Yeah, it's a catch twenty two situation again, isn't it for yeah. for businesses? And but the, the, the crazy thing is, it never it never really had to be like that because we, I mean, for example, we'd have right. You you and I have probably seen this um, a lot where you know you buy you buy potatoes in in uh, paper sacks, right? on the side of the road or something like that. Why then are we buying potatoes in plastic bags and Tesco's? You know, when when, um, when they're already been when paper bags are already been produced in, in that set as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's madness, isn't it? Yeah. So, at the moment, we, we can't change the the future obligations is what we do currently yeah uh, and help and there's a lot of organizations out there yeah that are doing their best and we just yeah. have to encourage that and support it where we can yeah um, so we're going to wrap up in a minute uh, it's been great talking to you so where can people find you okay um if they want to contact you they can they can contact me on um, instagram at um it's Loaf and Ladder Jacob, and then I've got a, um, a Facebook page. Then uh, Jacob Anthony, private chef, and they can uh, they can contact me there. I'll put in a lot more content out there then. Um, and this podcast has actually sparked me to think: okay, what can I do more to help people? What what content can I put out there um, to help people more then? And uh, so I'm really grateful for this opportunity. It's been great having you. Uh come along today and tell us more about yourself and you'll we'll get it out there and yeah. let, the, let the listeners know yeah what you're um, about and you know how to contact you and then obviously yeah good luck on the, the food produce side you know we'll support you as much as we can as we normally do thank you very much and um, we're going to say goodbye now on this podcast and you've been listening to Freshly Squeeze Media interviewing Jacob Jake the soul chef Anthony. Have a great one, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, everyone. See you on the other side. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast from Freshly Squeezed Media and your host, Brian Faker. If you want to find more about us, you can check us out on Facebook, Freshly Squeezed Ideas. Check us out on Instagram, The Ideas Guy. And on email, if you'd like to contact us, it's freshly, a freshly squeezed idea at gmail.com. That's a freshly squeezed idea at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and see you on the next episode.